Esley. Hi, I'm Leslie. I'm a compulsive overeater and a bulimic. Hi. Um, I want to thank John for asking me to speak and turning off the fan. I hate air blowing on me. I don't know what that is. But um, uh, I, when I was coming here, I was leaving work and uh, was in the elevator. And I, I go to the parking level where uh, the employees at the Brentwood Gardens Park. And there was another woman who was leaving my salon who was coming to go to her car, and I could see that she didn't press the parking, which is before mine, which happens all the time. Okay, the normal part of me thinks, I'm not telling her, I'm in a hurry, so she can just go down and then go back up again. And then I stood in the elevator and thought, well, if I'm going to speak, I should at least probably do the right thing and say, oh, excuse me, are you going to the parking? Let me press this for you, which I did. And um, here I am, a better person for it. But, uh, you know, the, the instinct in me is to, like, not acknowledge you in the supermarket, pretend I don't see you, you know, I'm not helping you with the elevator, you know, forget it, I have to go speak, I'm in a hurry, bye-bye, you know, and, uh, and that's kind of who I am, but from working the steps and, and um, because of the program, I have evolved into definitely a much nicer person, and um, I want to do the right thing, you know, and um, I was not like that as a child, you know, I did not... I didn't want to do the right thing. I want to do the wrong thing. And um, I, you know, I am having, I was thinking about work. You know, I've, I'm a hairdresser, and I've been doing hair for 24 years. And, uh, you know, sometimes, I tell you, I had a sponsor who used to say, Little Leslie, life is hard. You know, and sometimes I just think, sometimes life is hard. You know, my, my job, per se, is not hard. Like, doing hair to me is not hard. But sometimes managing people getting there, like sometimes it, it's the pressure of life that's hard. And those are the reasons why I ate, why I threw up, why I, you know, turned on the TV and didn't leave the house, why I drank, did drugs, smoked cigarettes, everything. And um, I, uh, I just sometimes feel, lately as I've been feeling it, I just went on vacation, it was so great, and um, I just feel like there's so much pressure. So I was contemplating this morning, uh, while, you know, I usually read the big book in the morning and just kind of call my sponsor, get calls, and that, you know what, I, I just live a day at a time. So basically, I, I'm only given what I can do today, today, you know, so all I have to do is the next indicated thing, and my life is manageable. I only have a big life because of program, so I should be super grateful, but I'm not always grateful. You know, I should be grateful that I'm really, really busy at work, and a lot of people, you know, want my service, you know, and uh, I should be happy, but, you know, I can have that like, oh, God, another phone call, you know, I don't want to do her hair, oh, it's a bride, I don't want to do a wedding, you know, and all of that stuff, but I, um, I am grateful, you know, I'm grateful, um, I'm grateful for my life today, and, you know, if you're new, I'm sorry, our, our guy with one day just seemed to leave, but um, <laughs> I, uh, maybe he's coming right back. Hi, Leaky. Uh, I am grateful for my life. I, when I came here, you know, if you're new and you're here, when I came here, I could not stop eating. You know, I just want you to know I could not stop eating. I could not stop throwing up. I could not stop thinking about my body, myself, myself. 
you know, and I hated myself, you know, and I had constant, you know, just that station in the head just over and over and over, you know, about how gross I was, fat I was, but what I was going to eat next, and, you know, I, I, I could not stop, I couldn't stop throwing up, you know, which then, I used to say I was just a bulimic, and I realized to be a bulimic, you have to actually have to compulsively overeat, so, um, <laughs> you don't like to throw up a carrot, you know, uh, so I am a compulsive overeater and a bulimic, you know, and, um, and it's really all in the same, you know, I sponsor somebody who's um, heavy and and her AA sponsor said, do you think she can identify with you? And I said, well, I hope so, because it's all about the feelings. You know, it, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't matter what size we were, how, you know, how big you got. It's how you ate, and it's how you felt, you know. And I did not feel good, you know. And, and, and I ended up here, you know, I, I, I'm in AA, and it's very difficult for me to tell my OA story without, you know, a, a, you know, a smattering of AA, because they're sort of, you know, commingled, but I, um, you know, I was thin as a kid, I was really athletic, um, and I, I just was bad, too, I just was really wild, and I was that, like, don't you hang out with that Leslie England, you know, and, uh, and I always just wanted to do what I wasn't supposed to do, you know, which, um, got me in a lot of trouble, and, uh, and I didn't, you know, I, I started drinking young, I started doing drugs young, and, 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 all throughout that, you know, I always was on a diet. You know, we were always like, oh, let's do it. Let's do the Vidal Sassoon cleansing diet. You know, me and my friend, we were wearing like a size probably 25 jean, you know, in high school. But we would like cleanse all day and drink juice, and then we would smoke pot and blow it. You know, and uh, <laughs> but I always wanted to be thinner. And I remember taking Black Beauties in high school, and I just thought that was beyond. Like, first of all, you're, everything was like clean and tidy and awesome, and then you were not even hungry, you know, and no hunger to me. Even today, I, I, I can kind of joke with my boyfriend, who's a totally normal eater. He's lean, he whatever, and sometimes I, he'll just look at me, and I'll, I'll say to him, he'll like, what's for dinner? You know, the what's for dinner in my house, sometimes I'll be like, oh, I don't know, you figure it out for yourself, you know, like, don't look at me, that's too much for me, um, because it took me a long time to even want to have dinner. I wanted to skip every meal, and which all then backfired into a huge binge at some point, which then I'd throw up, but I didn't want to have a meal, like, no meal, and, um, and and sometimes I'll say to him, I just want to starve, okay? I'd rather starve than have dinner, really. But, okay, what are we going to have? You know, and, uh, and he, he sort of gets it, but not really. Um, hi, Sandra. And uh, so anyway, so I, um, you know, I was this, I don't know, I was just always on a, like some sort of weird diet. But I, I did a lot at speed. I really like speed. I like that zip-a-doodle. I like my life flying by really fast. I like things clean. I liked being just wide awake but sort of doing nothing. And uh, <laughs> I loved crystal meth. I mean, I just loved crystal meth. And now crystal meth is like, you know, it's on Oprah and soccer moms are doing it. When I did it, it was gay men, gay men, and gay men. I was with all gay men, drag queens, and all that. But I am... Um, I just loved when I never ate. I love that feeling of being thin. I love that feeling of, I, I had one up. I don't know, like, I love that feeling of my clothes hanging off me. I don't know what that is, but that's me. So um, when I um, 
got sober. So here I was, toodly-doo, skinny, skinny. Never really ate. I mean, never saw the point of going to dinner. If I was going to drink and snort Coke back in the 80s, I just, what was the point of having a meal? I threw up all the time so I could drink more, and so I just skipped the eating part. And then, I mean, I just had the worst eating habits, um, and... uh, and I smoked, and that was great, and so I got sober. You know, I got sober when I was um, young. I got sober because my grandfather, my grandfather was sober 48 years when he died. Um, he got sober in 1952, and so he 12-stepped me into Alcoholics Anonymous. And, you know, by the grace of God, I, I got sober. You know, I didn't go to rehab. I got sober, you know, and I went to meetings. And um, what I learned in my sobriety is what has carried me through OA. Because what I learned my first year, so if you're new, you get an, a sponsor in OA. And, and what I learned right in that beginning is what I then brought in here. So I got a really good foundation. And, and um, when I stopped drinking and doing all that crystal meth, I could not stop eating. You know, and I, I couldn't stop eating. I just was like, at AA, you know, there's big tables of candy and snacks, and I knew what meeting had what snacks, and I had cups of snacks, and and then I actually then started, uh, I think I was at, with a, at the yard where we all go and play volleyball, and there were all these girls talking about being bulimic, and they were all just candidly talking about, uh, you know, all these ways and what was easy to throw up, and, was, uh, and I was like, oh, okay, and so um, I started throwing up after I got sober, you know, and... Um, and I, I was sort of a periodic, you know. I, I, uh, I usually threw up on Tuesday and Thursday, actually, because those were the two days I was going to college, and nothing made me feel more inadequate than going to school. You know, I, was a, I became a hairdresser when I was 18. I didn't go to college. I come from a really... Uh, everybody in my family is very brilliant, and they're all engineers. My dad's, you know... So, Mr. Spreadsheet, everything in his life is on a spreadsheet. Every time he had a problem, he wanted to spreadsheet it and get a plan. And, and, I mean, even to this day, my dad's always giving me all these amendments to his will, and everything's just, there's graphs and bark, they're all color-coded, and everything's just straight up. There's no, my dad is just, this is what we're doing, this is how you execute it, fly straight. So I was obviously a big disappointment uh, uh, since I didn't do anything right, you know, and um, anything by the book, nothing by, you know, we never looked anything up in consumer reports before I purchased it. I just did it on the fly, you know. And and that's not the way my family is, you know. They're not like that. My mom's Martha Stewart, pre-jail, you know, crafty, crafty, crafty. And, and then there's my dad, like Mr. Engineer, building, you know, computers for Xerox, when they first became Xerox. And, and then my brother's, like, nerdy in the same way. He's, like, technical support now, but he was so goofy growing up. And then there I was, you know, the alcoholic kind of artistic one, I guess. So so I got sober. I'm eating, eating, eating. And I'm like, I, I don't... I mean, it's weird just getting sober anyway, but I, I don't know what's wrong with me, you know. And I, I just felt fat. I felt gross. I hated myself. And... Um, um, I think I then quit smoking, and that just did me in. You know, um, I just spent so much time. Like I think back now on my life, and I have spent so much time obsessed about my body. You know, that just so much time just hating myself. And you know what? It's not really that. It's it's more than that. It's not. I always think today. It's not whether I'm fat or thin or what weight I am. It's 
it's, I have a spiritual malady, you know, that is only um, taken care of by uh, working on my insides. And if I work on my insides, my outsides then follow, you know. And, and then it doesn't matter where I'm at a lot of the time. But I always thought, like, how do you become not obsessed with food? Like, how do you, how do you turn it over? What is turning it over, you know? Um, and, and how do you let go and surrender, you know? And the way you surrender is you can't take it anymore. And you just throw in the towel. And, and, and it takes a lot of work to surrender where I just can't do it my way. But I found that when I do not think about my food, my food gets better. And I don't know, to get to that place, is, it's hard, you know? Um, and that's kind of how I live my life today, you know, where I, I, I eat... If I don't eat something that's so great, I just move on. You know, there are so many meals coming, they just keep on coming. And, you know, that I, I, but when I, okay, so when I got, when I, so here I am, I quit smoking, I start throwing up. I'm going to meetings, I'm doing all this stuff, and I'm like so crazy. And um, none of my clothes fit, because when I, I first came into AA, I was hanging out with all these drag queens, and I had all these homemade, weird, funky, matching drag queen clothes, and then I gained all this weight, and I, I didn't really have clothes to live in the... I lived in sort of a weird world, you know, sort of a dance, sparkly, tambourine world, and, um, and so I was, like, kind of chunky. I mean, we look back at pictures now. I don't know if you ever looked down with a leaky... Sometimes we laugh so hard. I'm very round, you know, I'm, and and... And I just, all I wanted to do was get into my old jeans. It just seemed like my whole life would be better if I used to get into, and I used to keep them, you know, and try them on periodically, and, and they did not fit, you know. And so I, I start throwing up, and then that just was a spiral down. You know, I, throwing up is just disgusting, you know. I mean, there's no, I don't know, I never understood people who maybe throw up together. I've never really thought of anything. It was alone for me, you know. It was a way to, it was actually a way to pass the entire afternoon, which is just like sitting around a compulsive overeating, except I then thought I had one up by throwing up, and then, woof, it was like, whoa, that didn't happen, you know. And uh, But it would take the whole day, you know, like, in TV, eating, throwing up, eating, and then finally brush my teeth. I'd go off to my AA meeting. I'd go feeling like there was a huge divide between me and you. And um, so I did that. And I just I remember going to New York. There was so much, I don't know, New York my, with my friend, and she went out, and I was going to eat this Haagen-Dazs, and then I wanted to eat it down to the, I don't know. I ate it, threw it up, got another one, tried to eat it to the same spot, went further, went back out. And then it was like this whole all-encompassing thing, you know, and it just, it was one of those things that once I ate and I started binging, I could not stop, and there was that thing, like, it, I could feel it flip where I think, I'm going to throw up. And once that happened to me, I couldn't, it, I didn't care. I didn't care if I threw up in a bush, in a bag, in a, I didn't care. And, and I, it took me a long time to figure out how to not trip the switch, you know, and um, so I, I you know, was back and just doing my thing. And, and one day, my sponsor looked at me in AA and said, what's wrong with you? You know, you don't look right. And I had been home, you know, eating, binging, throwing up. And I left, and I 
just remember driving. I remember I was driving on the 10 towards Pacific Coast Highway, within the Palisades, and I just thought, God, if I lie to my sponsor, what is the point? Like, you can lie to your therapist. I had therapists lie, lie, tell them what they want to hear. But what is the point of having a sponsor? My sponsor wanted nothing but the best for me. She had, at that point, sponsored me for, I guess, a year, um, a year. And I, I trusted her, you know, but I... I didn't want to stop because I didn't want to gain weight. You know, it was all about I don't want to give that thing up, you know. And so I I called her and told her, and she said, I want you to call this girl. And uh, I called the girl, and I don't even know if she went to OA, or maybe she had gone, but she said, I want you to go to this meeting, um, whatever. And I went to the Thursday night anorexic bulimic sexuality meeting, which was at somebody's house. And it was really close to my house, and... Um, when I went there, I so identified, you know, I identified all these girls, they all, just, I identified with everything they said about how they had felt on the inside, you know, and um, I had felt, felt like, wow, these are like, these are my kind of people, you know, <laughs> they do what I do. And so I did hear that if you keep coming back, you'll eventually stop throwing up. So, but I was like, well, but I don't want to gain weight. So how exactly do I do that, but I don't want to gain any weight, you know? But I was already up weight-wise. I mean, I've, 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 in my bulimia, bulimia really was not an effective weight loss method because there was a lot of managing and manipulating and a lot of compulsive overeating. And my eating was, like I said, everywhere. I, I didn't really know how to, I never ate a meal, you know? There was just no meal. And because um, I was always trying to cheat the system. You know, and uh, so anyway, so I started going to meetings, and I kept coming back, and I loved what I heard, you know, and and I, I remember one time I threw up at my mother's house um, in a bag in the closet, or not in the closet, wherever I threw up, but I put the bag in the closet, and there's, that is pretty much the most repulsive thing on the planet, you know, and, um, you know, I had clogged the plumbing, I mean, all that stuff. It's so gross, and so I, I just, I just remember thinking that my my abstinence today is I do not throw up no matter what. I don't care what I eat. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care how I feel. I don't care if I'm physically going to die because I'm so full. I do not throw up. And I have been able to do that um, since uh, Thanksgiving of 1987. And um, I'm so, so grateful for that. And, and I, I finally just, I kept hearing, you keep coming back, keep coming back. So if you know, you keep coming back, and eventually you'll get a day, and then you'll get two days, and then you'll get a couple days, and, and, and it gets better, you know, and it, it got better for me. And I got, you know, I had already had this great AA foundation, so I plunged into OA, you know. I, I went to a lot of meetings. I um, took commitments at my meetings, and... Uh, I firmly believe in that. You know, you can't just come and be like a spectator. You know, you've got to you've got to get in the middle. And if you're in the middle, you can't get bumped out. If you're on the outside, you can bump out easily. You know, and 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 I I have learned that it is better for me to be one of many to be the, than to be the shining star. You know, I used to always think I want to be like a celebrity hairdresser. I want to have like a true Hollywood story written about me, and I want to be like famous. And you know, which I, I could if I wanted to get a publicist and really work it. I, I suppose I could try. But you know what? It's better just to be one among many around 
just normal people. You know, I don't, I don't need that sort of recognition. You know, that my self-worth and my, that good feeling I get inside comes way more from working with others and from doing a good job and carrying the message and, and pressing the button for the lady in the elevator. Like, that's where I get it. I don't get it from other sources. So I, um, I started my journey. You know, I stopped throwing up. I can tell you exactly the day. It was Thanksgiving, 1987. I was going to a big AA potluck food extravaganza with a girl I sponsored who was in OA. And we went, and she said, why don't we pray before we eat, and we're going to eat one plate. We're not going to go back for seconds, and that's what we're going to do. And I said, okay. So we prayed. And I didn't even want to go. My instinct said, stay home. Stay home, stay home, stay home. Don't leave the house, which then I'm afraid I'm going to eat when I'm home. I've had many times where I thought I can't stay home because I can't stop eating, you know. And uh, so we went to the thing. We said our prayer together, and we ate our one plate. And then I went off to a meeting, and uh, I couldn't believe it, you know. Could not believe it. The power of prayer is so huge, you know. And um, and then I started, you know. That started me off. And uh I, um, you know, I, like I said, I became active. I, I was really loved. We used to go to the Monday night um, meeting at the Drug and Alcohol Center um, in West Hollywood, and, and I, you know, at some point I became secretary of the meeting. I started sponsoring a lot of people, and that's when it all turned around for me. And I used to think, I can sponsor people. I don't have perfect food. You know, perfect food. Everybody wants perfect food. <laughs> Um, but you know what? There's no perfect food. You know, perfect food doesn't, for me, I don't know what perfect food is. I want sane and guilt-free eating. That's what I want. I want a relief from the obsession to compulsively overeat and to be able to start, stop, start, stop, start, stop, three times a day and maybe have a snack if I need it and not have it be in the grip of the obsession. And I find that that's what's been relieved. My food, you know, I, didn't, I had a very hard time eating meals for a while. You know, I could just not throw up. That was like the best I could do. And, and I tell people a lot of times, like, you know, you figure out what your abstinence is and then your food plan, which helps facilitate your abstinence. But I always tell people, why don't you make it something that you can do? Because I always set myself up to be such a loser. I could not eat three meals a day. When I first used to do that, I could eat three meals and two snacks. Because I would eat three meals and the one snack, and then I would always blow it. So I thought, well, I might as well make it three meals and two snacks. You know, I mean, I remember eating my first meal at, like, 5.30 in the morning. You know, like, or whatever. And I'd say, that's my breakfast. Let's just move on, you know, I just close the door and <laughs> move on. But I, I didn't have perfect food, you know. Um, and so, but it, I did get better when I really started helping other people. You know, uh, it, it turned around tremendously. I sponsored all these great girls. A lot of them I still know. And um, we just had, so, we were all so crazy, you know. We were just all nutty and crazy and, you know, and, and the the thing was, I would look at other people and think, wow, they look great, and they'd think they looked horrible, you know, and I'd be like, well, I don't think they look horrible. I think they're great. You know, I don't like people because they're skinny. I don't like people because of how they look. My, I sponsor a girl who was a trainer, and she used to say that people are like trees, and they all have different shapes, and they all have different trunks and different leaves, and everybody's got a different thing, you know, but I spent so much time trying to put myself into a certain mold, and it, it didn't work, you know, and so um, 
so off I went and I wrote my inventory and uh, I read it and um, you know I had, I had worked the steps in AA so mine was like solely related all my family stuff all of that stuff was cleared up you know um, my biggest OA one was my um, eating in the supermarket stealing um, I thought that when I could not go to the supermarket without eating I would get a big old bag from those free bins, you know, and, um, and then eat the whole way through the market, and I would think, like, well, now I'm one up on that. I don't need a meal because I'm totally full of gross, disgusting snacks, and um, so I, I told my sponsor about this, and I agonized over it, and then finally she said, pick a day and do them all in a day. Pick a day and then do it, you know. I don't want to hear about it. Just do it. So I picked a day, I wrote down all the markets, and um, I estimated what I owed. And so uh, off I went. And um, the first one was hard. Hi, I used to come here and eat out of the bins, and I want to pay you back. You know, and they kind of looked at me like, huh? you know. And, um, and I paid and paid and then paid and paid and paid. And then I got to Vicente Foods across the street, and he, he looked at me and said, 12 steps, you know. <laughs> Good job, you know. But they all took my money. And, um, I can say I've never eaten in the supermarket since. You know, it gave me freedom to go to the supermarket, you know, because it was pretty torturous. And, uh, um, you know, I stopped eating out of the trash. I would big, like, throw it away. I'd get it back out. Or I'd eat your food when you weren't in the room. And... I did learn lots of little tricks. I was good on the little trick things. Like, I learned that if I have food in my house that's bothering me, I could throw it away, which, ooh, what a concept, you know. And I remember being married, you know, and I married my husband. He was in AA, and I remember he brought these brownies home from some big AA party, and, and they were in the house, and I was like, oh, the brownies. So I threw them, and I had a trash chute. True, nothing like the old trash chute. So once they're down the chute, I was on the 12th floor. So it was over, and I threw those brownies down the trash chute. He came home later and said, where are my brownies? <laughs> Bye-bye. I was afraid of the brownies. And, um, I, you know, that was freeing. I, I'll tell you what I did. I, when I was new, I, I prayed. I read literature, I called my sponsor, um, I stopped weighing myself. I could not weigh myself. I used to weigh myself every Monday of my life forever. I have, I'm a bit of Mr. Spreadsheet myself, I'm a little mini spreadsheet, but I have, I have everything logged for years. You know, I have journals going back to fifth grade, I can tell you like, like, you know, what I wore to my first job. I mean, I write everything down. So I wrote my weight down for years in a red box on Monday. I did it on Monday. And it was like the most torturous thing because if I was low, ooh, exciting, I'm going to overeat. And if I was high, oh, I hate myself, I'm going to overeat. So I, I, I stopped weighing myself, you know, and I do not have a scale. My daughter brought a scale home not long ago from her dad's. And then, oh, lo and behold, the scale just disappeared. If I could see my daughter, my daughter was starting to weigh herself too. And what's the point? I mean, if you're going to weigh yourself, have it in some sort of, I guess, practical way where it's done not obsessively like 10 times a day, you know. And um, But I used to weigh myself on the Monday and I, I got rid of my scale and I don't weigh myself. And um, it makes me very happy. I, I When I got life insurance, they came to my house and um, he pulled a scale out of, out of a paper bag and said, I'm, I need your height, weight, he checks your blood. And I, I, I was, it was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't want to, uh, and he looked at me like, what are you talking about? You know, and I was like, I don't 
do I have to? And he was like, yeah, well, I need, you know, for the paperwork. He said, you don't have to look. But then he left and handed me the paperwork, you know. So, and I just, it, it made me depressed for like a week. It was way higher than I thought I was. And I just, you know, so anyway, I just don't do that. And that makes me happier because I, I feel like it's sort of branded on my forehead when I know the numbers. So I just don't do that. And um, I, um, you know, I've called in my food. I've not called in my food. I've not eaten sugar. I've eaten sugar. I've done all sorts of different things, you know, and I think that's an individual thing. That's wherever you're at with your sponsor and however it makes you comfortable. Usually if I start thinking about a food before I've actually eaten my food, then I probably have to stop eating it. You know, I mean, it's pretty like, like if I can't stop thinking about if I should eat it or not, then it's usually probably no. Um, so... Uh, so, you know, off I went, and I wasn't weighing myself, and, and I, I, I would do that thing where I would say, you know what, if I want that, I'm going to have it in an hour, or I'm going to have it at my next meal, or I'm going to have it tomorrow. And somehow that gentler, like, I didn't really say I couldn't have anything. You know, there wasn't really anything. I, well, there was a couple things. But I would just say if I still want that later, I'll have it. You know, and that seemed to take the pressure off, you know, that it wasn't forever. I do have a choice, you know, um, if I want to eat something, go ahead. You know, do I want to pay the price? Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, you know. So, um, and that, that helped me. And sometimes I would pretend. I stopped wearing tight clothes. Hello, you know. I, it took me years to throw out all my skinny jeans. I don't know, these weird jeans I kept forever that finally I just got rid of them. What a freedom. But I stopped wearing, like, tight clothes or trying to, like, wedge myself into things that didn't fit. Because I find that if my clothes are really tight and uncomfortable, I pretty much feel bad all day. So that's like, because uh, I called Jeannie one time, and I, I had these pants on, and they were tight. And I had been on vacation. I was like, Jeannie, I'm I'm on vacation, I'm fat, my pants are tight. And she goes, go home and take them off, you know. We're on vacation. Everybody eats more on vacation. Let it go, you know. And I was like, oh, okay, I can go home and take my pants off. They were unbuttoned at the time. But, you know, just a stupid thing. Like, hello, you know, it's just like such a simple thing, you know. Even today I buy my pants or clothes verging on the larger side rather than the smaller side, you know, and it just is nicer. So... And I just have to try to be nicer to myself and not just put down that big stick. My friend's like, you've got the big stick out. <laughs> I'm just beating myself to death. And, um, and sometimes I would pretend that I was exactly at the weight I wanted to be and what would my life look like then. Let me pretend that, because I was always like, if I could lose five more pounds, you know, which I have a bit of more of that anorexic mentality, you know, and, and I was heavier than I wanted to be and maybe a little heavier than I have been. But, but I just thought, well, if I was at the weight I wanted to be, how would I feel? Good. So I'm going to pretend that I'm at the weight I want to be and I'm going to try to feel good now. So I don't waste all that time waiting to feel good. You know, it's that we live a day at a time. We live today. So, you know, all I have is today. And um, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know about anything. And, um, you know, I... So I, I did that, and I, I got better. You know, I, I got better. I think when the when I got way less obsessed, I um, when I I got married and um, I got pregnant. And um, when you get pregnant, they have to weigh you. So I because uh, I had had a doctor. I've always had doctors like that knew about about program, and they would say, "Do you want to weigh or not?" You know, now I've, I have this new doctor, and it's like this duking battle with this woman. Like I don't want to weigh. You're having a physical, I don't want to weigh. You know, it's like, 
Uh, do I have to like say I'm on the verge of having like a relapse into an eating disorder for you not to weigh me? I mean, I don't want to weigh myself. So I'm not grossly underweight and I'm not overweight, so just leave it at that. And uh, But I got weighed the whole time I was pregnant. And there was something about being pregnant that you're going up. There's no two ways about it. And uh, And I was hungry. I mean, like hungry like a weird kind of hungry, like chew my arm off hungry. And um, <laughs> I just would have food, and I, I would have to eat in the car. I mean, I'd get home, my husband would say, where's the food? I was like, I already ate half of it. You know, I, I'm like hungry, and I didn't eat a lot of junk. I ate, like, healthy. I wanted, like, a square meal all the time. I wanted all the food groups, but no junk, you know. And and I, I you don't have a choice. I didn't have a choice. There was no choice whether I was going to, like, wait an hour to eat. I was going to eat. And... It changed everything for me. I ate, you know, I gained 27 pounds, so it wasn't bad at all. I worked out. I um, had a baby, and then, you know, she did say, don't weigh yourself right after because you'll think you're all skinny and you're not. And um, and then my weight went back down, but it, it changed my whole perception of what your body is used for. My body had another purpose. It wasn't just for me to beat up, hate, manipulate, trying to smash into small genes. And it was had a purpose. Like it was to, you know, bake and feed and make this little baby. And, uh, and it made me feel more like a woman than I ever felt, you know, in a, in a cool way. And um, so it, it was really very, very freeing. You know, it was freeing. And... Um, and then what happened to me is after that, I had trouble with my husband, and um, oh good, and uh, I ended up, you know, having this divorce and this just painful time. This is a painful period, which always here to say that pain has the beginning and the middle and the end. You know, it might be long, but there it's there. But I got really, really thin, and um, I never felt if I was hungry. I couldn't tell what I felt. All I felt was pain, and. Um, and I, I did get weighed one time, and I, mean, I weighed like 98, and it was, I just, I was smoking, I was in pain. And my husband had this affair with a newcomer, I can say it here because we're not in AA, but, um, and it was awful. It was like the most awful thing I could ever imagine happening, and uh, I made it through it. You know, I, I went to a ton of meetings, you know, and, and I had to be careful because through that, I didn't ever think about food. I mean, I, I had I had a new baby. I was in pain. I was just skinny, and and then you know what happens if you don't work the program is it comes back. And when it came back, I had that same feeling like, oh my God, I cannot go home and be alone in my house because I will eat everything in sight. And I have good training. I just got back into it. You know, I started going to a ton of meetings started writing, started calling, started praying, and and you know what? It got better again. And, um, you know, and that's life. You know, life, I'm not guaranteed anything. I'm not guaranteed continuous happiness because I'm sober 21 years and abstinent 19, you know, uh, uh, or 18, almost 19. You know, I'm not guaranteed anything. I am guaranteed a, a reprieve based on my spiritual condition, a daily reprieve. And um, I have to work for that. You know, I have to work for it. And, you know, I, like today, I had that. I've had it the last couple of days where I thought, I feel so happy. But you know what? It doesn't really matter if I'm happy or not. You know, sometimes I'm happy, sometimes I'm not. But I, I get up every day and I do everything I'm supposed to do. I do everything. I, I mean, the best thing you can do is show up. 
If you're here, you showed up. You know, I show up. Getting commitments helps you show up, but I always show up. I don't miss work. I don't miss meetings. I answer my telephone as well. You know, I pick up the phone if I'm home. Um, if I'm running out the door, I don't, but if I'm home, I pick it up, and I call people back. And people know, I hope, you know, that they can count on me. And, you know, I... I now, you know, have a, I have a good relationship with my ex-husband. We get along great, right? <laughs> and uh, uh, we have a good relationship. And, and my daughter is, you know, killing me. Um, but uh, I have solutions there. And, um, you know, it's amazing how kids, you know, so young do that. I'm fat. I'm fat. You're thinner than me. I mean, she says it to me. You're thinner than me. I'm fat. I'm like, you're awesome, and you're growing. I always think, what's the right thing to say? What's the appropriate thing? What, what should I say? If somebody could have a potential compulsive overeating eating disorder, you know, but I don't know what to say. I just tell her the truth, and she looks great, you know. Um, and I just today try to eat my meals and live my life, you know, so I'm not in the food so I have freedom, so I can walk on the sunny side of the street and um, um, just not be in the grips of that disease, you know, because it's just a bad place to be. And, uh, you know, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. And that, that I'm grateful, you know, that I have God and a sponsor and that I'm willing to take the action. And I've been willing, you know, I don't want to go back, you know. I don't want to go back. It's bad. And um, so uh, I, I'm... I'm grateful, and if you're here, you can stop eating. You know, God will. You know, God can help you, and that that's where it comes from. It's not in my power. It's something else, and that I can be a tool of God's. You know, it says in the, my favorite quote, in, Bill, in the big book, in, in Bill's story, it says, faith must work in and through us 24 hours a day or we will perish. And so I have to constantly seek, 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 you know, all the time so I can have serenity, you know, because I'm not serene normally, and uh, it's not my natural state, and I'm a just weird obsessed, and uh, so I'm happy, and I'm glad to be here, and I guess I'll take some questions. Thank you. is how was I raised and what religion and how did I... Well, that's Well, my parents were Catholic. They did not raise us Catholic. They weren't so crazy about Catholicism, so being hit by the nuns. Anyway, um, uh, they, they were very, very strict, so uh, they, I wasn't raised anything. And my experience with that was... Um, before I got sober, when I was really um, bad, and I had gone to Kentucky to see my grandfather, um, not really because I wanted to get sober, but basically for a free trip, and uh, I went to church with my grandmother, and I said a prayer while we were at Mass, and uh, I asked God to please help me to feel serene and comfortable like I did right at that moment, and I believe my prayers were answered. So I don't have any problem with God. God, you know, my sponsors give me a lot of things, um, uh, like a prayer that uh, is written in Calcutta that Mother Teresa wrote, and I like the prayer of St. Francis. And my belief is that, first of all, I'm a miracle. 
So something has to be helping me. And I believe God is, if I seek God, that makes God happy. All I have to do is seek and believe. And if I believe, it's there. And it's the thing that makes the sun rise, the sun set, the waves come and go. It's, it's something beyond me. So I don't really have, I've had a really awesome time with God. That, and I faked it. You know, I, I mean, the one thing I can say that I do every single night of my life, I don't care if I get in bed, I will get out of my bed, hit my knees, and thank you, God, for keeping me sober and abstinent today. I pray for people I hate or they're bugging me or I'm resentful towards. You know, help me with my daughter. Give me strength. And amen. I mean, quick. You know, it didn't take long. But I I do it every single night. And I always tell people, I think there's something about getting on your knees. You know, because we could all pray while driving or walking. or But I pray on my knees and and I constantly seek God. And all the writing that I do when I write, which I I I like to write. I'm not a, it doesn't bother me to write. But I, I always write, Dear God, I'm having a hard time, blah, 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 blah. love Leslie. And then if I'm really having a hard time, I have God write me back. Dear Leslie, da, 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 love God. And what I've gotten from that is through working the steps and having the ninth step, the promises come true, you know, which it says when you're halfway through with your ninth step, those promises will come true, is that I intuitively know what I'm supposed to do, that God lives within, inside of me. And that when I write my letter back from God, the things that God says to me are awesome. You know, they are kind, loving, strong, always there. I mean, I've listed God's characteristics. Um, it's cool, you know. So I just believe that I will constantly seek. And I didn't have any conception of what God was. So I pray to God, and I get on my knees, and I read, you know, spiritual literature, and I believe that something else is in charge, and there's some, there's a purpose why this all happened to me. And you know, if I don't give it away, I don't think I'll keep it. So I didn't. It, that was not a rough one for me. Anybody else? What's your favorite way of working the steps? Uh, work, oh, what's my favorite way of working the steps? Well. The way I work the steps, and the way I work the steps with people, always when I get somebody new in in OA, I have them write all the ways that they try to control and enjoy their food and weight, um, which pretty much every diet, every, I mean, I've heard some wacky things, I've heard some hardcore things, you know, so all the ways they try to control their food and their weight, what surrender means, and what would happen if you truly surrendered. And that sort of encompasses the first step, and then I, I have people read in the 12 and 12, the step, highlight it, we talk about it. I think part of it is that, I mean, you can go to rehab and they can slam you through the steps fast. They've got to be internal. They, I, don't, I don't know. I did everything, and I remember when my sponsor said, you know, I admitted I was powerless over food and my life was unmanageable. It wasn't hard for me to admit that. But then to kind of accept that, some, that I was insane and that something else was going to restore me to sanity, that wasn't all that hard either. You know, and, the, and then I, the inventory I do is, I still do the one I did from AA, which is seven questions, because um, that's what I did. And that pretty much covers, it, covers them all, and then we kind of move through, mostly through the 12 and 12, but um, the AA 12 and 12. Um, I've read the OA 12 and 12. I've, I've done, listen, I've done many things. I've done the steps in a day. We did this whole Joe Hawk. I mean, I've done many methods. But I have found that 
me and my sponsor talk about that. Like, I don't think, today I'm going to work this step. I live now in, in 10, 11, and 12. Every day I work the steps. Every day I turn my life over. I talk to my sponsor. I'm of service. I make amends. I write. I mean, I, I do, they are incorporated in who I am. The steps have made me the person that I am today. So I've done it many ways. I find some people want a thousand questions. People want assignments. They, part of it is you just get better slowly. Because who would stay if you got better fast? Nobody would stay. What would be the point? I mean, so it just, it's very, very slow. And like I said, I, I have done them many different ways. I've done intensive writing. I've I've written new ideas from all my old ideas, but it didn't get rid of my old ideas. You know, I asked my grandfather one time, like, you know, what do you do with your character defects? He says, you just sweetie pie, you know, he's like, so cute. He would just say, you just, when they come up, you work on them, and then new ones come up, and then they go away, and then they come up, and they never go away. You know, we never reach some sort of nirvana perfection. You know, we're just working on it, you know, but I'm, I'm willing to keep working on it. The thing I, I am willing is that I can always look at my part, you know, even in my divorce, even in, like, things that seem like I was a big old victim, I have a part, you know, and when I look at my part, things go much better. I do not do well as a victim because nobody feels quite sorry enough for me, I realize, <laughs> but, and I don't look very victim-like. I'm pretty, like, capable, but... The steps, I just think, you know, I, I work them however my sponsor worked them. So whatever sponsor I've had, I work the steps that way. And, and I take people through the way that I work them, you know. And, and part of them, they just take time. They take time for you to internalize it. And inventory, definitely I've done many different inventories. Mother, ex-husband, daughter, you know, family. I mean, all, all sorts of things food, you know, eating, eating patterns, and, and I can just always, you know, uncover, discover, and move on. You know, I, I do not believe this is self-help. It's not self-help. It's get out of self. It's not about me thinking about myself. You know, if I think about myself, I'm not doing so well. I do a thousand times better when I'm thinking about you, you know, and that's the difference between this and therapy. It's not therapy. You know, it's a whole different deal. So thank you very much for having me here.